Welcome to Might in Motion, where we help you navigate your personal and professional goals to manifest them into your deserved career and life path. Here at Might in Motion, we don't make excuses. We do the work and go above and beyond. The Might in Motion podcast brings you guests that will help stretch you out of your comfort zone and push you to improve your goals. Like, comment, and share. This is Might in Motion. I am really, really excited to bring to tonight's uh, event uh, Will Chu, who is the CEO and co-founder of Vector. Um, it's a real-time YMS platform that facilitates collaboration between uh, different distribution centers or stores and truck drivers. And it's really, really cool way to have delivery processes become more transparent. Um, prior to Vector, he was the VP of Engineering at Adapar, a wealth management platform, um, which manages more than $2 trillion in client assets. Um, he is a problem solver at heart, enjoys leveraging technology to tackle major um, industry challenges in his free time. I don't know how he has free time. He loves to camp with his family, uh, cold IPAs, um, and swimming in the San Francisco Bay. Um, so we are excited to welcome Will. Um, I think I have you unmuted, which is which is great. Um, yeah. <laughs> So welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. I know we've had the opportunity to work together off and on over the past few years, and it has been really, really cool to get to know you and to get to know your team um, in a better in a better way. And um, you know, I don't know how how you swim almost every morning in the bay. Is that right? It's, it's less now. It's getting colder, um, <laughs> but I try to do three or four times a week. And how far of a swim are you doing? Um, weekends are longer, but on average, probably a mile and a half. Wow. That's yeah. that's really, really cool. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I talk about with people is that when you're working to go after a goal, right, there are um, obviously goals that might be work-related. There are goals that are personal-related. But that physical aspect of, of doing something like beyond yourself physically has an impact to everything. Um, and so I think that you going out there and swimming multiple times a week is really, really cool. I'm sure you're, yeah, you know, you've done some crazy stuff. Um, like on your birthday, um, I've, I, I think you mentioned like you might, might jump into the bay naked. I don't know. Is that true? Is that, a, is that a fact? There, there, uh, there may be photos out there, but yeah, that I'm is not looking for them. Don't worry. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Those aren't on LinkedIn. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep them off. <laughs> Um, but I, I wanted to have you on tonight because you've created some really cool teams that have done some, some pretty amazing, amazing things. You built companies from scratch. Um, and, you know, through that, you know, sometimes when you're the one that's building stuff, it's hard to kind of move, move up and step away. And I've seen you just really build teams of people that are really bought into your vision. And I'd love to know some of your thoughts on how you've done that. Yeah, um, that's a great question. And I think it's a continuous learning process. Um, it's a, it's something where it's an evolution. I think every team that I've been a part of has a, a unique DNA and a unique culture. Um, and most of them high functioning and they're just different. And you gotta, I think for at least me, let it grow and breathe and 
take on a form of its own. And I think if you can step back and do that, it feeds upon itself. And it, I think, really empowers people to um, leverage their superpower. I believe that yeah. every person is really great at something. And it takes a little bit of time to discover it. Um, but if you can discover it and allow them to discover it, you can really harness it. And it, it really um, accelerates the team. Yeah, that I, I agree. I mean, I've, I've had teams of one uh, to teams of close to 20. And, you know, sometimes as you get the larger teams, it's harder to necessarily have some of that one-on-one -on -one interaction. Um, but when you're able to, and you're able to get to really know people and what motivates them, um, that, that could be a real game changer as well. Um, at, le at least that's what I've seen. I love your commentary on kind of leveraging people's superpower. Sometimes I've, I've had, um, you know, leaders that are like, oh, that's a, that's a weakness of yours. So I'm going to purposely put you in something where, you know, you can learn that weakness. Whereas if you can kind of continue to harness that superpower, you can really, you can really go further. Yeah. And I think weaknesses are, are great. I think identifying them and figuring out mm -hmm. like, hey, how do I, I work on this and how do I improve this so that it eventually turns into your superpower. That's yeah. I've seen that transformation um, as well. And that, that's incredibly rewarding. So how do you, how have you gone about building some of these high performing teams, especially in the world we're in now where everybody's not everybody, but a lot of people are remote, right? Like you're out in, you're out in the West coast, I'm East coast. So uh, how have you done that? Mm, that's, um, that's been tricky. Um, this is new frontier for us. Mm -hmm. um, just being physically present in an office here in San Francisco, going to every, you know, corner of the, of the nation and the world, like people are just um, really everywhere now. So I think it's, again, a continuous learning process. And I think it goes back to the fundamentals. I think understanding the why, understanding why people um, want to be a part of this team is really important. Um, I think being able to paint the North Star or to, you know, really bring everyone together, coalesce them around a shared vision is really important. Uh, and don't get me wrong, there's stuff that I think we all have to do that's not pleasant, not yeah. fun, right? Um, yeah. And I think that um, having that shared vision and explaining the why is important when you're in the trenches and doing the stuff that you don't want to do, knowing that there is a bigger purpose um, is really helpful. Um, and I think it also just goes back to, to hiring. I think we've been um really lucky and, and fortunate with some incredible people on our team um my philosophy is always to hire a person that's stronger better faster um, than me um mm -hmm. i want people to tell me what to do instead yeah. of having me tell people what to do um i think that's really important um if you can bring on those people and they all of a sudden feed off each other um, they're really pushing the company forward. They're thinking of things that um, really push people out of their comfort zones. I think you you see some incredible things happen. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. So let's dive a little bit deeper. You talk about you know painting a north star for a vision. Um, how have you gone about doing that for the teams that you've created? Are there any kind of key key things that people can take away, especially maybe new managers, people that are new to having having teams and direct reports? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for new people that are coming into uh, the company, into the industry, 
there's there's a bit of education. I think, you know, painting that North Star, but explaining the, the why, like why yeah. is that if we achieve this big, hairy, audacious goal, what does that mean for the industry? What does that mean for the company? What does that mean for, for me? Um, so I think that um, there's definitely an onboarding process with, with newer folks, but it's, it's important. And I think um, you have to constantly reiterate um, the why and yeah. the North Star. Um, I think uh, you think you got to like, it's like, you know, when you're, uh, I'm sure this probably gets annoying for like pop stars, but they have to sing the same song over and over and over again. Right. I think of it as that, you know, like you have to just say it over and over and over again. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's still, I mean, honestly, just speaking transparently, that's something that I'm still working on myself. Um, so it's a, it's a process every day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like having kids because there are things that I have to tell mine over and over and over again, and I, and I hope that I hope that my kids get it someday, right? But I mean, even in business, um, you know, we talk about a lot on my team, you know, our metrics, and when there are changes to the team, there might be changes in focus, and um, we add new platforms and things like that, and so really understanding why change is happening can get people bought in so much faster and having that transparency uh, is huge. Um, when you get people bought in, you're able to, to really, I think, drive some, some really cool, cool change, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you mentioned transparency. I think that's something that's really key. I think if people feel like they have control and understand why decisions are being made or the framework of how decisions are being made. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really impactful. So you mentioned when you're hiring, you're like, oh, you want to hire someone that's, that's better than yourself, that may have a different skill set, um, that brings a different industry background or whatever to the table. How do you also look at culture fit to your team? Because everyone that, that I've worked with within your org just really seems to be cut out of the same kind of cloth, right? With with humor and with uh, a sense of urgency and um, just this total sense of collaboration. So is there something that you do to try to interview for culture fit as well? Um, that's, that's hard. We, we definitely have, um, you know, in terms of a panel, so we have a panel of interviews and um, there is a uh, section or a part of the interview process where we, test for culture fit. But I think that's really, really difficult. I, I think over time, I've gotten to the point where I like people that aren't cut from the same cloth a mm -hmm. little bit, you know, because then it brings a little bit of a different perspective. Um, it brings a different kind of energy. Um, so that's hard to test for. So we place less importance on that. We actually focus more on the technical. And then the all the other intangibles, hopefully, come through and yeah. sometimes we get it wrong right and it's not a fit um yeah. so we talk a lot about it though the fits but you know sometimes we we miss and, and and that's hard and that's painful but we talk about it um but i will say the people that we've hired even recently because you, you it's hard to do that over zoom right um, yeah. a lot of our interviews are over zoom i've been really just impressed and um surprised pleasantly surprised because uh, that's harder than harder to test for it, it is. I mean, I guess on the flip side, a lot of their interaction probably with your clients is going to be over Zoom too. So you're you're getting a different kind of um, screening, if you will, with your candidates on what what's their presence 
uh, in this very remote, you know, environment. Yeah, totally. Uh, So, you know, as you've grown, um, you know, multiple companies and, you know, you, you, you hire on folks, you, now you have, you know, managers of managers, a lot of the folks that tune into this call are in that period of their career where they're moving from, you know, a, an individual contributor to a manager role. What lessons do you wish you knew when you were making that, that transition? Oh man. How long is it? Uh, <laughs> How long is it called? Yeah. Oh man. Um, it's about to get dark. Um, no, no, I, I, <laughs> no uh, I, I think the, one of the biggest lessons learned, I think is, um, being a good listener, being present. Yes. I think, um, that is really tough. And I think it gets tougher nowadays too, because you're usually talking to someone on zoom. It's so easy to go to your other browser and start doing yeah. work in parallel. Right. Um, but something honestly that I, I work with with my family, I think being present mm-hmm. at dinner and being able to listen and understand uh, where they're coming from is, is is super important. And I think if you do and if you hear everything, um, then I think it allows for this collaborative session where you're working together towards this common goal and you're hearing the whys and why nots and they're hearing the whys and why nots from you. Yeah, I think that's that um, that's much appreciated. And I think just focusing on, on being present. Yeah. I I like that. It, it is to your point, very difficult, right? Like I have two computers, I have, you know, multiple monitors to your, it's so easy to just be like, Oh, you know, shiny ball, right. That you just go and end up being focused on something else. And then you just miss that opportunity, right. To connect. Um, it is difficult, I think, in this remote environment to do that. But when you can create those relationships, when you can create that connection by being present, it it, it just, I don't know, it really creates that team environment where you can, you can exceed expectations because now you've heard what might be the risk or you've heard, hey, there was this pitfall that somebody else went through. Here's a way to solve it or here's something that I've done in the past. And you really, you can actually get some wins instead of people continuing to do the same pitfall over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, and I think I mentioned at the beginning as well in your, in the intro is, you know, you have a family, you have kids, they're young kids. Um, I am not a believer in work-life balance. I don't think that that really exists. Um, I do think that there is work-life integration um, and I'm finding that more and more now that I'm, I'm working from, from home, I'm not working, you know, in an office every day. Um, how do you go about trying to find those opportunities to be fully present with your family, um, and balancing, you know, that life of being, you know, a CEO? Mm. Um, I think that is a great question. Um, and I think it's, it goes back to just really telling myself mentally, I am in this space right now with mm-hmm. my family, whether it is in the car, taking them to school. Right. And so often my mind can drift to work and I'm thinking about stuff, but then I have to really correct myself and think, Hey, I get 20 minutes with my kids in the car uninterrupted. We can sing a song. We can yeah. do anything. We can talk about the day, what they want to do. But it's really just going through that mental checklist, like, okay, let's let's focus on this. Like, this is a special time, even though 
it may seem so routine and, and boring. Yeah. Um, just taking advantage of that. And so whether it is, you know, in the car, at dinner, at a playground, just trying to just tell myself this is where I'm at. And then being 100% in that mm -hmm. space, in that time, um, but still working on it. Um, well, I think everything's a work in progress. You know, like I used to have the, what I called my decompression time on my 45 minute commute home. Right. I don't have that anymore. My commute is two seconds to the kitchen to make dinner. Right. So uh, it, it, you have to be really cognizant of you, know, you had a stressful day at work. You got to kind of flip the switch and say, now I'm in my, my, my home life. And how do you, how do you bring your best self to that? Just like you want to bring your best self to work. You want to bring your best self to your family. And I am by no means uh, an expert. I've failed horribly at times uh, on both, but it, it is, I think when you can carve out those special moments and you create um, those routines, right? You're talking about your routine is the drive to school in the morning. My, one of my routines is uh, bedtime. So I have, you know, five to 10 minutes of this is uninterrupted one-on-one -on -one time with each of my girls in the room, the door closed, no electronics, like if they want to read, if they just want to cuddle, if they want to talk about their day, it is their uninterrupted time. Even from like, you know, my husband and their father, right? Like, it's just kind of yeah. like, no, you're, this is us. This is us girl time. And that, that's been, I think, one of the biggest changes for my relationship with my kids is because they may ask me how my day is. And I have the opportunity to be like, oh, well, this happened and this happened, or, you know, they want to share something that happened in their life. It's been really, it's been really special. But that's that being present, going right back to that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. I think, um, I think you and I kind of share the similar, like, way of thinking about how to be present and yeah. you know, make sure that the space is protected from other distractions. I think that's yeah. that part. And I think I'm on the same page with the uh, work-life integration. It's, it's not a balance. It's, it's, it's an integration. Yeah, it, it is. And there are, I mean, there are times when I, I explain to, to the kids, I'm like, look, this is mommy has to go do this. This is why I have to go do this because they, I, I, they understand more than you think they do. Right. Even at six and eight, they understand a whole heck of a lot. Um, and then there's opportunities to teach them. So I, I always joked, you know, I would have to do pickup in the past and I'd pick them up from daycare and it was right in the middle of um, Hurricane Maria and Irma when it destroyed, uh, you know, USVI and, and Puerto Rico. And that was my area of coverage. And I swear these two girls probably knew everything about transportation between U.S. mainland and offshore from sitting in the back seat, right? And so I'm like, this is a great opportunity. They're going to be great women in supply chain someday because little nuggets are going to be you know, floating around in that that brain, right? Um, so there's there's definitely I think opportunities both ways to to kind of have that integration and that exposure and um, and all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah. Um, so kind of uh, going back to, and then we have, I think, about um, five more minutes. Um, we haven't gotten any questions in the chat. So if somebody has a question they want to ask, once again, don't hesitate. Drop it in the chat so uh, we can see it pop up. But, um, you know, we, we talk about new leaders and, um, you know, making that transition from individual contributor to, um, you know, that, that manager role. 
And, you know, one of the things I try to work with my team on when people make that transition is, you know, understanding that they now have an opportunity to, to train others on, on the things that they, they know, right? Like their expertise from being that contributor and then stepping away to let, you know, their new team do what they need to do. And I definitely see you do that, right? Even just, even with your team that may not be brand new managers, you know, you're really, really good at, you know, even at calling yourself out like, oh, nope, I need to, I need to step back. I want to problem solve, but let them problem solve. Um, you know, how have you coached new leaders to be able to do that? Mm. I think um, every new leader is a little bit different, right? They, some are um, a fiery team leader. They, they motivate through words and they rally people. Some are more of the quiet um, leader, right? Yep. They're a little bit more, um, not pa- passes the wrong word, but they like to take a step back and, and really observe before they get into it. And so I think there's all these different styles and I think you got to harness um, the, the powers that people are comfortable with. Yeah. It's hard to make a fiery leader a little bit more quiet and observant. And it's, and it's definitely hard to go the other way. Um, so I think all styles work. Um, and I think for, for me, the way that I do it, I try to do it by example. So I think the best way of how people learn to do, let's say, one-on-ones or to provide mm-hmm. feedback is to do it myself with that person. Um, and that style may work for them. That's how may, may not. But yeah. I think definitely um, leading by example is, is huge because um, they see it. I, I think it resonates better um, than um, just providing, you know, direct kind of checklist. Oh, you got to do X, you got to do Y, you got to do Z. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. I think um, just even taking like breaking that that wall and taking a step back is like, hey, like, you know, so I noticed that you do X, Y, Z. I think there might be a different direction. You know, for me, this works. But, you know, mm-hmm. if that doesn't work for you, you know, you could try ABC. And I think just having a conversation about it and allowing them to provide feedback too, yeah. it's like two way communication. And it's not. um just one way you're just providing feedback all the time, but it allows it to be a little bit more collaborative and you can have an open discussion about, Hey, I actually, like they can tell me, I actually don't like the way that you do that. And I think you could be way better at that. And I'm going to incorporate that into my own way of how I work with my team. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that, that goes back to listening, being present too, right? If somebody's willing to be like, Hey, this didn't work for me, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, you've created that, that trust environment, which is super cool. So um, I actually just got a text message. So I know that you we were talking about don't be distracted. But when I made the comment of, hey, post comments, um, I they were, apparently somebody posted one, but it didn't come through on our end. But they texted me because that's how we roll. Um, so the question was, is there a book that you recommend that you've read that you're like, man, this is a killer book. Everybody should read it. And maybe what's on your nightstand right now that you're reading? Um, that's a great question. Um, so, in, like, in terms of team building books, um, I actually don't have one. Um, that's off the top of my head. But yep. um, 
a big part of my day is storytelling. Mm. And um, I've tried to be a better storyteller, Um, you know, whether it's communicating our vision, whether it's in a presentation. And I've been fascinated with comedians because they tell stories that people love listening to. Um, Over and over again. Over and over again. Uh Uh, And everything from from timing, right? Um, how they time the, the things that they say. Um, it's, it's incredible. So I've been reading a lot of um, books about comedians, comedians writing their own kind of autobiography. So um, Colin Jost, he wrote uh, an yeah. uh, autobiography. He does weekend updates on SNL. Yeah. Um, there's a book by Cal Penn, who was Kumar from Harold and Kumar. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, those are the, the books on my nightstand. And uh, I like to look at their process and think about, you know, how I incorporate their processes in my storytelling. That's really cool. I, I, I love that. Um, you know, I'm, my background, you know, from when I was a little kid was theater and comedy is really hard, like really hard. Um, not only just to kind of be up there as a stand-up, but also just to perform it. And so I think that that's really cool that you're leveraging um, the arts to to be a better leader, right? Um, that's really cool. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, what about a podcast? Do you listen to podcasts? Um, I listen to different episodes of, of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um based on reviews and, and, and their content. Um, so there's, there's a few um, startup podcasts that I listen to. Um, I don't have their names. I, I'm embarrassed. I should know. I can provide it. You later. can drop it in the chat when we're done. Cause uh, you know, just, just drop it in the, the, the live after it's posted. And uh, I'm sure there'll be conversations uh, beyond this. So yeah. Fantastic. Uh, um, well, we're, we're getting close to time. Is there any kind of closing comments that you may have or how maybe, how can people reach you if they want to learn more? Is LinkedIn the best way or is it with vector.com? I mean, the, what would be a good way for them to connect if they wanted to? Yeah. Find me on, um, LinkedIn, um, will chew, um, our websites with vector.com. Um, and looking forward to hearing back from everyone. Awesome. Thank you so much, Will, uh, for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to Might in Motion. If you learned something about motivation, momentum, mindfulness, or might, please like, comment, and share. Thank you.